afternoon, gardeners. We're back. It's Selena and Karen today. Hello, gardeners. And we're in the thick of winter still. Indeed we are, Selena. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about feng shui. Yes, feng, feng shui in the garden. And for those of you who are not Chinese and not sure what that means, feng, feng or feng means wind and shui or shui, as in the Cantonese, it means water. And what does that um, mean for our gardens? Well, I'm of Chinese heritage and it sort of, uh, when I look in the, because I come into a sort of a western, well New Zealand is kind of a western country, but I'd argue maybe it's not so, um, that the wind and water influence our gardening style. Well, yeah, we're an island. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know anything about feng shui. It, has, it does intrigue me. I got a definition on Wikipedia, okay. Selena. Sure. Feng shui is a pseudoscience originating from ancient China, which claims to use energy forces to harmonise individuals with their surrounding environment. That was the... Okay. Definition I got. Pseudoscience means like it hasn't been properly scientifically backed. It's more of a theory. I would call it more of a, a philosophy. Yeah. So um, in China, they have a different landscape to what you would normally think of as like a flat, you know, featureless. Mm. It's kind of, um, there's so many different microclimates in China. Mm. But one of them is um, they have lots of hills and valleys where the mm. most fertile land is. And, of course, if you think about, like, the rice paddies. Oh, right. And they have all these terraces. So that yeah. follows the contours of the land. Ah, And okay. so feng shui is, like, um, not exploiting, but working with the land yeah. to have the most um, ideal site for your house, uh, your burial grounds, and then your garden. Mm. The goal of feng shui is to align a city, site, or object with... Uh, certain, well, the yin-yang force fields is what I got from my research. Okay. Does that kind of sound right? Uh, so, yin and yang, let's explain about oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. Big topic. I oh, see so you've got the symbol there, Karen. Mm, yes. Um, okay, so yin and yang literally translates as dark and bright or negative to positive. So, this ancient Chinese philosophy encompasses the concept of dualism, which so you've got your, you know... Opposites. Opposites, yep. yeah. With the aim to describe the interconnectedness of contrary forces in the natural world. Now, this is pretty, yeah, that's the whole idea. In Chinese cosmology, the universe creates itself out of primary chaos of material energy, which is also referred to as qi. Yes. So. And the qi is believed to be organised into cycles of yin and yang, and then formed into matter, which includes human beings, or your humble garden. So, basically, it represents forms of change and difference. That's what I got from yin and yang. Yep, so they, those two forces need to be in balance. Mm. So you'll have your, your water and then your land. So mm. those are two opposites, like earth and water. Okay, well that's interesting because yeah. this is what I got for I got a few things like that, that were yang and a few things that were yin. So for me, 
what I found, the opposite of water was fire. I didn't oh, get yeah. wind, but I think wind is associated with fire in those, I don't know, it's, it's quite a complex, I, uh, my brain was hurting by the end of this one, but it was really interesting, and then, so your, your yin, your darker side, the black side, so for those of you that don't know the symbol, it's the one where you've got um, a circle with an S in the middle, and half of it's black and half of it's white, and then you've got a dot, a white dot in the black side, mm-hmm. and a black, so the yin is the black side with the white dot. And the yin is said to be um, a passive energy compared to yang, which is active. So you've got your yin, winter is considered yin, mm-hmm. whereas your summer time, which is the opposite, yep. is considered yang. Um, water, fire, um, yin, uh, female is considered yin. Yes. Whereas yang, male is considered yang. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's quite cool. It's very complex, but also it can be very simple. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I found that too. I was like, oh, okay, I get that. Right, opposites, yes. And then they started bringing in um, the five elements. Yes. And this is where you can tie it into working with nature and your gardening. Yes. Because, of course, it's all you don't have nature. gardening without the elements, right? <laughs> okay. Um, Karen, I wanted to talk about... Um, Taoism is how it's related to feng shui. Okay, is that um, spelt with a T? Yes. Because when you first said that to me, I thought you were saying Darwinism. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> no, no, that's no, no, no. a whole other thing. That, oh, what the heck? But it's, it's T-A- T-A-O. Yes. Tao. Taoism, yes. It depends on how you pronounce it. Tell us about that, Selena. Um, it's... Also, um, ancient Chinese philosophy. There are two um, sort of com- not competing but complementary systems on thought in China. One's Confucianism, which mm-hmm. relates to people and their hierarchy and their relationships, and then there's Taoism, <coughs> which is about um, being in harmony with nature and balance, and it oh. is a kind of a nature worship. And just allowing nature to take its course yeah. and not fighting against it. So that's okay. kind of like the philosophy behind now it. Now I know why my hippie friend is called Taos. Right, <laughs> right. got it. Okay, okay. Always wanted to know that. Okay, so... Thank you for explaining. Karen, uh, so what do you think yes. of these names for gardens? This one, uh, Garden of Peaceful Longevity. And that's a nice, that sounds lovely. And the Garden of Harmonious Pleasures. yes. That sounds kinky. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Another one is called the Lodge of the Quiet Heart. Oh, so lovely. all these are Chinese gardens that are the emperors have got made. The, the one names. with the Lodge of the Quiet Heart would that be a place where you go to meditate and maybe if you're like grieving or just need that or stressed? Yes, when you just feel like you're all over the place. Exactly, that would be a great garden for that. Any garden is, really, isn't it? <laughs> I, I kind of think the Chinese gardens have that philosophy or that um, value mm. a lot more than Western gardens. Mm. It's more of a quiet place, place where you sip tea and maybe recite some poetry yeah. and stroll around. Whereas they we, often have water features. There's a beautiful sound of water in the background and wind chimes. Yeah, so like uh, Western gardens tend to be like straight up and down. They're very symmetrical and measured. Oh, and they're clearly not like ours. 
<laughs> clearly not very westernised. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, yeah, because nature doesn't work in straight lines, right? So I guess like you were saying before, like with the valleys and the... Yeah. Um, so streams water, and all that. Yeah, water it, it, flows on... Uh, it doesn't go in a straight line. You Unless notice. it's a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, it will follow the rocks. And true, the rocks, true. Rocks aren't all square. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't get, like, rocks yeah. in a complete cube shape. Yeah, true. <laughs> Unless you're playing Minecraft. Right. right. Sorry, which you don't. <laughs> it's a... Never mind. You, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. listeners. Right. So, um, yeah. No. So, try and avoid the straight line, sort of nice flowing, sort of gentle pathways. Yep. And um, the so if you're designing a garden, you want to have a, a kind of Chinese style and you're using your feng shui, you would design it so that you could stroll along, not in a straight line, like mm. maybe winding paths, mm. and then take in little views here and there. Okay. So each time you turn a corner, there's something new. Oh, right. And you wouldn't block it with lots of dense shrubs. You'd have, like, um, yeah. branches so, that you can see through. And oh, kind nice. Of have a, like, so it almost, yeah. like, frames the picture, yeah. almost. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Um, and some elements of the Chinese garden, if you're thinking of, like, we'll give you some ideas of what to mm-hmm. um, put in them. So things like um, plants like bamboo, must. Okay, yeah. Um, and lots of rocks. Um, the bamboo, is that just because it's like f- originates from China or is it because it has sort of those aesthetic properties where it like, you know, when the wind blows and you can hear it sort of banging against yeah, each yeah. other? and So it does have that symbolism and you can use it to make chopsticks. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Various other things. Bamboo is very (laughs) resilient, but it also can be invasive. Yeah. So I warn you, if you are going to plant it, to plant a clumping kind rather than a running kind. Otherwise, you may never get rid of it. Oh, right. Okay. So I didn't realise there were, uh, um, of course, there would be on God's planet an, an array of bamboos. Yeah. So you can get ones that produce runners and others that don't. Okay. God, I didn't know that. I always just thought, oh, my gosh, bamboo, it just takes over. But, yeah, not... No, yeah, yeah, you can get the non-invasive kind. Right. Um, and another thing that Chinese gardens do have are, yes, rocks, which are very mm. symbolic. And so what the, uh, the tradition is is that the Chinese try to recreate some of the landscapes, the natural landscape, mm. in their countryside their wilderness Mm. because they thought that they were the homes of the immortals and um, there's all these uh, huge uh, rock forms in a place called Guilin that uh, they just come out of, rise out of the rivers. Really? With like mist surrounding them and trees grow on them. Oh, how cool. And so people want to recreate that as like a miniature landscape in their gardens. Wow. To bring it bring nature back into yeah, close to them. Right. So these these huge formations that just kind of pop up out of the is it the water? Yeah. Are they the natural hills. naturally yeah, formed? Natural. Wow. So they're huge. But cool. in, in a garden, of course you can't have that. Yeah. But you can recreate it. Is that where you see those when those Chinese gardens you get those pebbles where they put them like up yeah, with on top of each stones other and, stuff. and then yeah a lot of so if you go to like um, the botanic gardens in mm. Dunedin, no, actually they have their own separate Chinese garden down mm. there, and there's one in Hamilton as yes, well. Yes, I've seen that one. 
Yeah. So you, if you go there, you have an idea of what an original Chinese garden looks mm. like. Oh, it's very interesting, Selena. So, yeah, bamboo, mm-hmm. <coughs> rocks, and yeah. also a water feature mm. with, like, a pond with goldfish in it. Mm. That's very important. With the um, koi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the koi <laughs> fish. <laughs> yeah, they can get out of hand, though, those koi. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, we had a few in our pond when I was a child, and they started actually getting quite huge. And quite deformed, oh, uh, no. rather hideous to look at. Actually, I don't know quite. What, I don't know. Maybe Dad applied too many phosphates at that point. Uh-oh. I'm not sure. You know, being on a farm and all, maybe something happened there and they transformed oh, into dear. something. But um, yeah, they can get quite big though. So the whole idea of having a water in your garden is for contemplation and yes. reflection. Yes. So, and um, would it be acceptable to skim some rocks across that water? If one so wish, <laughs> is that going to destroy my yang? Oh, I don't know. It might contribute to the ambience. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Very interesting. I'll have to have a look at my own backyard and see if there's anything I can do. I can definitely tell you there's definitely not that many straight lines. <laughs> She's got rid of them. You're on a bit of a Just slow because fighting. I didn't, they were too hard to weed around and manage. Yes. I couldn't, they're time consuming. So, yeah, they they went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks nicer too. I, I yeah, yeah, there's enough straight lines out there. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, what about colour? Is there anything that they work with in Feng Shui? Well, because it's a natural garden, they're kind of going for the greenery. Mm. So, colour is used as like accents. Yeah. Because um, I, I found that uh, that colour was used according to the five elements theory, which by that stage I didn't delve too deeply into <laughs> because my brain had swollen far too much. Um, but for inst- I'll give you a for instance. Um, fire energy in the south, not quite, you might have to explain what that means exactly, but um, if you want to create that sort of energy in the south, you can do so with red or purple flower colours. Okay. That was a recommendation on a, um, I think I found it on staff.co.nz. They did an article on okay. Feng Shui. Yeah. So, yeah. But, so, the, there's a lot of symbolism. And, yeah, can and you tell us a bit about that? I think it's, is it, we're, we're talking about the, um, what was that called again? The uh, Bugua? The Bugua. Yep. The Bugua, the eight symbols? Yeah. Did you want to touch on that? Or... I can. I wrote a brief paragraph on that. <laughs> Don't know if you can briefly. So it's where they sort of start bringing in. Um, that's where they bring in the five elements. In case you listeners aren't sure what we mean by that, five elements meaning water, wood, fire, earth, metal. Did I get them all? Water, wood. Yeah. No, I feel like I've missed one. Water, wood, fire. fire. Yeah, that's right. That's five. And, and metal. metal. They kind of work in concert with each other. Mm. But then in other circles, they can counteract each yeah. other. So you've got to get it right. So, so it kind of... You've got to get the harmony right in yeah. your garden. <laughs> you don't want disharmony. <laughs> but yeah, that's the whole idea. That could, if, that could um, be a problem for your chi. Um, yeah, so the bagua, eight symbols used in the Taos... Taos... Am I saying that right? Taos cosmology. And they represent the fundamental principles of reality. 
my goodness, this is philosophical. Each line is either broken or unbroken, representing yin or yang. So the the yin yang keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Karen, for Mm. listeners, I think um, they might think, what are we talking about? Because they can't see Mm. that. So Um, we might just leave it there. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's also um, around the compass, northwest. So you have to imagine your garden as a map as well. I just wanted to bring that in to just... Bringing it back to the compass. That's really important. Those eight things. So you've got your, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, north, south, west, east, and then you've got your... Okay. Ones in between, and they yep. make up the eight eight points of the compass. Yeah, yeah. So for those listeners, out it there, took me about ten minutes to get my head around like, like that. I was like, "Isn't there just four? What are they on uh, about?" Yeah. Okay. If you're planning a garden, the first thing you would do is um, check out where north is, right? Mm. Because that's where the sun mm. sun is coming from. Yeah. And then you would check um, the prevailing winds. So um, the, your garden is quite shouted. That's really good. Prevailing is in the where they are coming from or yes. where they are going to? Coming from. Coming from. So the northwester is probably the worst. Okay. Or the, in Auckland. I mean, in Northwester? Northwester? Yeah, I think so. We don't get that many southerlies. Yeah. If you go further down Otherwise south. Otherwise, we'll, us Aucklanders will be complaining <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And the ideal of Feng Shui is that you, um, well, in the northern hemisphere in China... You, you face uh, you face south because that's where the sun is coming from. There, and mm. as we're in the southern hemisphere, it's reversed. Yes, that's right. So that's why I think it is a little bit confusing mm. for people. Um, but you would check where the sun is coming from, where the wind is coming from, mm. and also the contour of your land, where your water is coming from. Okay. Would you advise if you, if there's any listeners out there quite keen to maybe look into this to be sure that any research they do is based like from a like southern hemisphere perspective yeah. rather than a because yeah, <laughs> otherwise you could get everything opposite and <laughs> get everything yeah, upside down. Right, for sure. That's right. Yeah. So, but if you think about those elements, the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. The wind. The, and wind. the rain the contours and all that, then you can't really go wrong. Yeah. You're working with what you have. Yeah. And if if you're not in a place, say a lot of most people just have a rectangular plot and it's completely flat and featureless, okay, that might not work so well if you're trying to create a naturalistic garden. Mm. <clears throat> but if you don't and you're on a hillside or you've got a bit of feature in your land, yeah. you, can, you can use that to create... A wonderful garden. Or you could make your own landscape using features, yeah. rocks. Rocks. Get in a 10 metres of soil. Make, you know, like, why not? If you can, yeah. you can create that space. It is possible. Uh, yeah. In Auckland, because we've got so much volcanoes, we've got interesting landscapes. Mm, I reckon. It is a, I, I've done a little bit of travelling, and I must say that New Zealand... You're right. The contours of our land are, well, definitely interesting. A pain in the neck to ride a bike on, but um, and sometimes work with. You know, that's why we have all those restrictions when it comes to development and stuff like that, because we've got this land that is volcanic mm. and hilly. Yep. Um, undulating. Got lots of rivers. and But then with that comes lots of lovely things, like all the waterways and things like that. So that's, yeah, it makes for an interesting dynamic. 
uh, workspace, doesn't it? Exactly. Mm. All right. Well, did you want to add anything else to that, Selena? We've or got shall we? Some plant symbolism too. Oh yeah. Okay, so we have some uh, plants that come from China that are very revered for their symbolism. Oh, what are those? Okay. So um, a lot of plants do come from China, especially flowering shrubs yeah. that we have in our gardens today. Oh, okay. Um, so you might have some of these in your garden. Uh, so we have peaches, yeah. which represent longevity oh, yeah. and fertility. Yes. Uh, chrysanthemums, which uh, symbolise prosperity. Yeah. Uh, they're also used uh, to give to people um, and in funerals. Okay, right. Uh Peony, which we can't really grow in Auckland, but <coughs> it's a beautiful flower, uh, represents wealth and grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, bamboo, as we mentioned earlier, is flexibility and resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water lily means purity and truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cherry tree is spring and youth mm-hmm. because of the cherry blossoms. Nice. And the plum represents winter. Okay, so that's a lovely little selection. Um, if we were to go and plant those in our gardens, do we have to plant them in the right spot? Is it important that we get the spot right for the feng shui? I think for any plant you need to get the spot right. Mm. Um, so Does it tie in with, uh, say, the gardener's almanac? Well... The gardener's almanac? Which one's that? Well, I just made that up. But you know what I mean, like... Like some plants like a partly shady area yes. and well, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So would, it, would tie in nicely. I would think, um, well, I know this is a bit airy-fairy, but you would ask the plant, where do you want to be planted? Mm. Where would you like to go? Yeah. And usually it kind of tells you, if you're listening close. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I know if, what you mean. If plants want to be, they, they're known for lighting wet spaces, you plant them near the wet. So, yeah, a, a lot sunny, of this sort of goes hand in hand then with it all, which would all make perfect sense, really. Really, it's location, location, mm, location. Yeah. So Feng Shui, although it initially sounds a bit woo-woo, it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm, it's very totally. practical. I, I can beginning to see that, and I'm really excited. Like When I first delved into this topic, I was like, oh, goodness me, this is overwhelming. But you're right, it, it does make a lot of sense. It, yeah. So when I started my garden, when I mm. sort of started, well, I inherited a garden from my you know, my folks. Yes. And I started doing it. I yeah. Like, well, it these, is your garden. You're doing it. All these plants yeah. are like in straight lines and they're not the plants that I want. Yeah. They're in the wrong place. I had to do a lot of moving and yeah. shifting yeah. Um, to get things just right. And like it had to be sort of not a balance, not symmetrical, like totally mm. symmetrical, but balanced in a way that felt harmonious. Yeah. So and, but I noticed when I reflect on your garden... Because you've used a lot of hedging, or I'm not sure if that's maybe your brother's idea. Oh, that was idea, my brother's but idea. <laughs> that's very structured and straight, like quite beautiful in the way that he's managing it. Yeah. Is that so? You've got those straight edges. Yeah. And I. But can, then. Yeah. I think it. I think it works well. I I like your garden. Oh, I I, I think. You. I why not? You know. And when you even think about like you know how we say, oh, nature doesn't have straight lines. Well. You look how straight a tree is sometimes, mm, or a, the stalk of a flower, you know. they. they, they, they <laughs> and another ah. thing about uh, Chinese gardens, they don't have lawns. Ah. They right. have, might have gravel or rocks or... Right. Um, Sand? Moss. Uh, well, that would be the What beach. about a chamomile lawn? 
That's very English. Mm. But they have mondo grass and things like that. Well, we're going into Japanese garden territory, which oh, is I know. a whole other topic. Right, that's right. We'll leave that for another day, okay. that one. Um, did you want to throw in that song that you were talking about earlier, Selena? Well, throw it in. <laughs> okay, let's give the listeners a break and then we'll come back to Plan of the Week. Yeah, okay. All right. Lovely. So, what was that song called, Selena? Asian Paradise. Asian Paradise. By When the Cat's Away. Lovely. So, um, plant of the week, magnolias. Please tell us about this plant, Selena. Oh, it's a beautiful, wonderful tree. Uh, The magnolia means uh, wealth or contentment or Mm -hmm. beauty in Chinese symbolism. And it's one of the oldest flowers in the plant world. Coming after the dinosaur age, apparently. Wow. Um, it's named after Pierre Magnol, yeah. who was the director of the Montpelier Botanic Gardens. Okay. Um, which was named about 200 years ago. Um, and so this magnolia, if you've never seen one, you've mm. got to go out and see I'm them. I'm sure I would have seen one. 
Yes. I'm just bad with like names. Beautiful in tree. Yeah. And in, uh, coming into spring, they flower mm. uh, with no no leaves, but beautiful, gorgeous tulip-like flowers. Oh, I, I yeah. Yeah. Are they like a purpley? Yes, they can come in pink, purple or white. Right. Yeah, um, I know the one. Yeah, nice, beautiful. So yeah. these are wonderful trees to plant in your garden. Um, some you can get small ones that are called the magnolia stellata. Okay, but you can also get the big ones with the massive flowers. Are the flowers a bit smaller on the? Was it stigmata? Stellata. It's uh, kind of more starry shaped. Okay. Um, then you can also uh, these ones are deciduous, but you can also get the evergreen magnolias, the ones that. Uh, uh, popular in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of Steel Magnolias, the movie? Yes. Yeah, those types of magnolias oh. that are evergreen oh. and they have a beautiful white flower. Oh, well, in America. Are they, uh, they're are they? from America. Oh, okay. But they'll grow anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And they're very hardy. Um, they love acid type soil, so mm-hmm. don't give them lime. Okay. And yeah. Um, give them plenty of lemon juice. <laughs> Or pine needles as mulch. Oh, yes. Um, Plant them in a sheltered spot and they tolerate clay. And they're just a gorgeous, wonderful tree. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that, Selena. All right. So that's all we have time for. Okay. But it's wonderful to think about the Chinese style of gardening. That was most interesting. Thanks for sharing, Selena. And um, if listeners, if you have any questions or any topics you want us to explore, please let us know. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. That's all we have time for. Come back next week for more great gardening tips at Garden Planet. You can find us on Facebook on our Garden Planet Facebook page or email us at gardenplanetfm at gmail.com if you want to ask us anything about gardening. Happy gardening, everyone, and we'll be back next week.